Uh, well, I don't know about you. Uh, certainly uh, for myself and Susie, my wife, uh, one of the hardest things about the past year is not having had friends in our house. Uh, it's a really intimate space, isn't it, to be in somebody else's house, uh, somewhere we can be ourselves, somewhere we kind of see life as it is for another person in their home environment. And here in the passage that we just read, Luke brings us right into a family home uh, to, for us to see more of Jesus. Uh, he shows us what it means to follow him. And Jesus here is on his way with his followers to Jerusalem. Uh, we read back in uh, chapter 9, verse 51, that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Uh, simply a way of saying uh, that he was totally committed to finishing his work on earth uh, by dying for our sins on the cross and by raising, uh, being raised from the dead again. And not long before that, Jesus had told the crowd, if anyone would come after me, uh, let him deny him, take up his cross daily and follow me. So as Jesus goes to the cross on the way, uh, he calls those who follow him to live cross-shaped lives. And on the way, he shows his followers and teaches his followers uh, what that looks like daily in the day-to-day of life. And with Martha and Mary, we see Jesus entering into ordinary life, uh, a family home, a domestic scene. I just love how true to life uh, this tiny snapshot of, of their home is. Either the busyness of getting dinner, uh, sisters falling out, just a bit of mess and chaos and carnage. It's so real, isn't it? So familiar. Perhaps if you've been uh, spending a bit too much time at home uh, the past year, perhaps it sounds a bit too familiar. Uh, but what it shows us straight away is that Jesus doesn't stay at a distance from our ordinary life. There's no private a hidden area in a box over here or, or kind of shoved behind a door that he's not interested in, that he doesn't care about. He enters into the everyday realities of our messy lives to teach us uh, what it means for us to follow him in that area, even uh, in the bits of our lives that nobody else sees. Now, uh, being stuck at home, uh, as many of us are, uh, there are lots of things that we might rightly miss. Perhaps you have missed this past year being busy, uh, having a full diary, having a social life. Uh, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, life has just been busier than ever. What you're missing is uh, time out, just a space to, to rest. The fact that we're not all together right now, well, it reminds us how much we miss being together as God's family to worship him, doesn't it? But Jesus here, he probes even deeper into our lives than that, deeper than the things that we miss, into the things that we need. Verse 42, Jesus says to one of these sisters, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. What do you need? Sounds like such a a simple question. But of all the things that are perhaps weighing on us right now, There is only one thing we really need, says Jesus. And the best thing is that we don't have to wait for life to carry on, uh, to have it, to have what these sisters had with them in their home, uh, which is not stress and anxiety, but to have the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Perhaps it's 
actually as restrictions lift and life begins to get back to normal, uh, that we need to hear that more than ever. And so to show us how very necessary Jesus is, Luke here gives us an insight into why uh, we need him so much. Straight away, it's hard to miss, isn't it, how different these two sisters are. You hardly as Jesus come in the door before they go in opposite directions. And we read in verse 39 that Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. You can just picture it, can't you? Martha is rushed off her feet in the kitchen. She's got five things that are bubbling away on the hob, dashing out to set something on the table. She's being pulled in every direction. Meanwhile, Mary has just settled herself down right next to the guests, right next to Jesus, and is just drinking in everything that he's saying. Now, this is just too much for Martha, isn't it? You can feel the tension. Why am I here doing all the work for Jesus? And she is there spending time with Jesus. It's so unfair. If uh, Perhaps you've got siblings yourself. Perhaps you've got children at home. You know how easy it is for brothers and sisters to get under each other's skin. Uh, but this is more than plain sibling rivalry between Martha and Mary. Because notice who Martha's problem is really with in verse 40. He went up to him and said, Lord, did you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Who is Martha angry with? Well, Martha is angry with Jesus. In Martha's head, she was doing and giving so much for Jesus. From the outside, it would have looked like that to you. But at heart, everything Martha was trying to do for Jesus was, in fact, drawing her, distracting her further away from Jesus. But surely we think serving Jesus, that's a good thing, isn't it? And that's true, it is. But who is Martha really serving? Yes, she thought it was for Jesus. But at heart, she's raging with Jesus, isn't she? So in the end, her serving is not good because it was distracting her, drawing her away from the very one who she needed. Uh, This time last year, uh, when the rules and the restrictions began to come in, lots of us thought that we would have so much more time on our hands. Perhaps you were uh, among them. In reality, sometimes life has felt as full as ever. Perhaps the time that you'd uh, normally spent with friends got filled up with work. Or perhaps uh, there was less work for you to do, but those gaps maybe got filled up with uh, family time. Perhaps uh, in place of a social life, uh, you, like me, like many of us, turn to social media to news outlets. Whoever we are, whatever we do, our lives have a habit of filling up with all sorts of things. Because the truth is, the busyness in our lives, it's not just out there. The busyness is, is in here, too. Our hearts are busy. Our hearts are full of distractions. Sometimes we see that most clearly, actually, when there's not very much going on. We can get anxious because we don't feel like we're doing enough. You lock down or no lockdown, our hearts are easily uh, distracted by good things as well as bad things from the one thing that we truly need to be with Jesus. So how can we tell when we're being distracted from Jesus. Well, firstly, perhaps most obviously, 
uh, when we're not actually spending time with Jesus. You like Martha, we can be serving and working and helping, doing all kinds of good things. We might even be doing those things for Jesus. If those things, if the rest of life is squeezing out that one relationship, pushing out the times that we spend with Jesus, opening his word, coming to him in prayer, just taking in who he is to rescue of us. And in truth, in our hearts, we are distracted and, and drifting further from the one who we need. But secondly, maybe more subtly, we can tell we're distracted from him when our lives, including our service, it becomes all about us. Your mother was outwardly serving, wasn't she? But her words tell a different story. Inside, she is self-pitying. She's defensive. Because her gaze wasn't fixed on Jesus, her work turned her gaze inwards on herself. And that happens to all when we don't think we need Jesus. We naturally curve in on ourselves. That's the way the reformer Martin Luther uh, described our sin. That tendency, that instinct to make it all about us instead of coming to Jesus and drinking in, receiving his message of grace. When we're distracted from Jesus, even our serving actually becomes self-serving. There's a question uh, perhaps to ask yourself or to ask uh, one another online or at home this week. What in your life currently threatens to distract you from Jesus. Perhaps it's things out there. Perhaps it's things in here. You know, I personally have found this passage extremely challenging uh, over the months that uh, I've been reflecting on it, showing me my own heart over and over again. And Martha seems like a complicated character, but really she's no more complicated than me and you. Our hearts are deceitful. They are easily distracted. And that is precisely why we need Jesus. But thankfully, that is exactly what he came to give us. If you look with me at the way that Jesus responds to Martha in verse 41. Read, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Martha would have been so ready to hear Jesus take her side, to send Mary away to help in the kitchen, but Jesus refuses to send Mary away. And in fact, he says that Mary has made a better choice than Martha in choosing to be with him, rather than to be anywhere or doing anything else. In fact, Jesus would rather Martha stop doing came to be with him too. I don't know about you, but of these two sisters, I find Martha by far the easier sister to relate to. Your hearts go out, don't they, to this overworked and underappreciated woman. We can see ourselves in her shoes in many ways. I don't think that is an accident. God knows that we are often more Martha than Mary. So what does he think of us? Well, see what Jesus says here. He doesn't affirm us in our distraction and busyness, nor does he condemn us and crush us. But we see instead, he speaks to our busy and heavy and anxious hearts with kindness and compassion. 
Martha was so wrong to think that Jesus didn't care. You can hear it in his voice, the way he says her name, the way he gently sympathizes with all the things that she was stressed about. Jesus deeply cares when we are running ourselves into the ground. But his compassion for us is actually seen in the fact that he calls us to stop and to be with him. Martha saw all the things that she was doing as being so necessary. You have to keep on top of things. I have to keep going. I have to keep giving it everything. The surprise for her and for us this evening is that none of those things was necessary. Jesus didn't need her to serve him. Jesus says in Mark 10, verse 45, that he came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom to many. Jesus says here that one thing is necessary, and that is that we are served by him. Jesus was there to serve these sisters, not to be served. And so Jesus calls Martha to stop trying to give to him, simply to come and receive the good portion. Now, perhaps you're not a Christian here this evening. This possibly sounds like the very opposite of what you think Christianity is about. You know, often faith is seen as a lot of uh, giving and doing, uh, giving money, doing good works, charity. Jesus says actually following him is about us receiving what he came to give and us relying on what he came to do. That's what faith in Jesus is. It's a personal relationship of us trusting him. To be honest, though, in our lives as Christians, uh, often we can send the wrong message. A few years ago, uh, I went with some friends to walk uh, the West Highland Way. Uh, Perhaps some of you have done it. It's basically Glasgow to Fort William, covers 96 miles. Uh, We did it in five days. And to do that, we had to take loads of gear. We set out with these huge heavy bags uh, full of all our gear and our stuff. But what we didn't realize is that uh, we could have just dumped all the bags in a van and the van would have taken it to where we were staying that night. So after the first day, 21 long miles later, uh, we had the good sense to ditch the bags and to carry on the walk with just what we needed. And suddenly that walk that had been so grueling the previous day Well, it became so much lighter and freer. You walking with those bags of stuff was not the way to do the walk. And that's true spiritually too. How often do we go on carrying the weight of our own efforts as we walk with Jesus? It's exhausting spiritually, mentally, even physically. But that is not the right way to do the walk with Jesus. He doesn't call us to bring all our baggage, our work, our performance, our efforts on our walk with him. He doesn't need any of that stuff. So often we kind of needlessly carry the sense that we have to do things to be right with God. In fact, all we need is Jesus himself. He gives us this right relationship with God. He repairs our relationships with each other. He restores our souls. So we can ditch the baggage of needing to work for our righteousness and simply receive his perfect righteousness as a gift by faith. Friends, we can't improve our perfection. We simply receive his perfect righteousness as a gift. 
that Jesus calls us to himself, not to wear us out, not to give us more work to do, but to give us himself so that in him we will find our fullness and completeness. And that fullness is what we find when we stop standing where Martha is, we come down to sit where Mary is in the presence of Jesus, listening to his word, learning from him, drinking in his gracious and forgiving words. Lots of people have said uh, that the past year has helped to clarify what is important in life. I wonder, uh, where does time with Jesus fall on your list of priorities? You may be uh, looking back the last few weeks or months. Uh, maybe you can see it slip way down your list or or maybe just fallen off the bottom altogether. Maybe it's it's right up there, you know, battling in the top three, top five things uh, on your priority list. Well, here Jesus says time spent with him is not even on the list of priorities. Because it's on a list all of its own, the things that are necessary. There's only one thing on that list, one thing that is necessary. We need to be with Jesus. So how do we do that? Well, if you're not a Christian, the way to come to Jesus is simply to listen to his message and take it to heart. As we've seen, Jesus said he came to serve us by giving his life as a ransom for many. All the ways that we have ever turned away from him and made it all about ourselves. Well, he has paid for it with his life. And now he calls us to come to him and find rest with him as we put our trust in him. He knows that we come with a lot of baggage. He knows that we create a baggage for ourselves that we cannot carry. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like Mary, when we come and choose Jesus, he gives us rest that he won't ever send us away. As Christians, you know, we can find it hard to be with Jesus too. How do we do that? Uh, well, the answer is, it's the same. We continue listening to his words and putting our trust in his gospel. Sometimes we can think that Jesus is sort of the door that we go through to get to where we're going in the Christian life. And in fact, Jesus is the beginning, the middle and the end of life as a Christian. We never stop needing him. Wonderfully, if our trust is in him, then we will never be without him. He will never be taken away from those who choose him. So do our lives, is our day-to-day life, does it show off that reality? Our life at home, our, our family routines, does it display that to the world? You know, so often we can live sort of hand-to-mouth, catching a breath here and there, and not being sure where the strength is going to come from for the next thing. But all the time, Jesus is with us, and he holds himself out to us. He is like a feast in the wilderness. We need never starve ourselves spiritually. Instead, we need to come to him and spend time with him. Be refreshed in him. Any time we can open the Bible, even on our phones, just for a few minutes, read his words. Let them sink in. Thank him for his said. Or any time of day, we can quietly pray a simple prayer. Lord, I, I need you. Sometimes, you, we can think of those things as Bible reading and prayer as just another thing on the to-do list. 
you perhaps we feel guilty if we've not checked it off for that day. Again, spending time with Jesus isn't something we do for him or give to him. It's the way he gives himself to us. We cheat ourselves of the very best thing God has to give when we don't spend time with Jesus. So here's another question, perhaps, to ask yourself, to ask one another this week. How are you finding spending time with Jesus right now? Perhaps, honestly, uh, you find it a struggle. Uh, Maybe uh, you can't find time. Maybe you're not sure where to begin. Well, it's even more reason to ask the questions and talk about it with one another. We all need Jesus. We all come to him empty-handed. The night before his death, another meal with his followers, Jesus would stand up from the table, tie a towel around his waist, and begin to wash his disciples' feet. They were totally shocked that Jesus would serve them in that way. Peter says, Lord, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus' answer was, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. One thing we need to be served by Jesus, to be washed clean by his death. Can you imagine being served by this king of kings? Well, that is what King Jesus loves to do for all his people every day, whoever we are and wherever we are. And so uh, whatever this week looks like for you, Uh, Let's come to Jesus. Let's spend time with him, taking in his words of eternal life and resting in his finished work for us. Let's pray uh, together as we come to him. Father, Father, we thank you uh, that in Jesus Christ we have full and free forgiveness. We thank you that you don't call us to come with our our work, our efforts, what we know there is never enough that we could do. Father, we thank you that Jesus uh, has finished his work, that he is seated at your right hand. We thank you that uh, in him we find a perfect righteousness, that you are pleased to credit to us as a free gift through faith. We thank you that the reverse has happened to you, that he Uh, has taken on himself our sins so that as we come to you, we might come empty-handed without having anything to offer you and still find acceptance because of the merits of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray simply that you would work that into our hearts each day. Lord, you know how prone we are uh, to believe the opposite of that. We simply pray, Lord, that you would refresh our vision of Jesus, help us to find rest in him. Lord, please uh, continue to transform our lives in accordance with that wonderful truth. We commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.